Hello and welcome to Storyteller in Depth, a podcast where we go behind the scenes to learn more about the School of Communications, Media Arts and Designs, People, Places and Things. I'm your host Pat Quigley and in this episode we're exploring the often talked about yet intriguing world of artificial intelligence, specifically in content creation. Stick around. just a bit, content creator, video editor, and graduate of our broadcasting program, Justin Saran, will share some insight into his work and how AI has become interwoven into his industry. Justin, who is a combined YouTube and TikTok following of over 80,000 people, has began sharing more content on AI and how it can be used as a helpful tool for creators. AI is rapidly changing the way we work, especially in the creative industry, and video editors are no exception. I just stumbled upon an AI tool called Runway that has a lot of amazing capabilities. So this is a huge game changer. AI is not on its way. AI is here and it's here to stay. So it's time for us editors to adapt or get left in the dust. If you're interested in hearing more about Justin's perspective on AI, details about how he started his YouTube channel and what his life looks like as an editor, let's dive into the interview. Thank you, Justin, so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. It's been a long time. We haven't seen each other in a very, we weren't exactly in the same um, like class area. Stream, yeah. Um, yeah, stream, but uh, you know, we know each other a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think we graduated the same year. It was cool. It's good to see your face. I saw the name, yeah. so it's, it's good to be doing this with a, a familiar face at least. Yeah, I've had a couple people who have sent me um, like your your TikToks and stuff like that through like work and like, oh, check this out. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I think I know this guy. Where do <laughs> I know this guy from? And I'm like, right. School. Yeah, that's crazy. That's uh, I love hearing that. Yeah. Mm. So before we kind of begin, can you start by telling us a bit about yourself and your journey in creating content and video editing? Yeah, for sure. Um, my name is Justin Saran. As you said, born and raised in North Bay, Ontario, just a few hours north of Toronto. I'm a film and broadcast graduate. Um think it was 2015 it's escaping me now but uh graduated from film and broadcasting i'm a video editor by trade um content creator as well and i also run a production company specializing in post-production called visual boulevard um which i just own and operate so quite a few things uh i like to say video editor because at the core of everything i'm just a video editor um and everything kind of stems from that what made you want to go into that path uh opposed to like other paths um specifically for video editing it was always my forte um i always tried to do the shooting and editing as you know in this day and age a lot of people do i just found myself being a little bit more i guess competent and skilled with the video editing as well i really enjoyed the the possibility of remote work that's a big thing for me right is having my location of freedom so i figured i'd have a lot more chance of being able to work remotely or kind of on my own terms as an editor versus having to be on set every day shooting. So that kind of helped push me in the, the video editing direction, I guess. Cool. And so as a graduate of the broadcasting program, can you share how the program helped propel you into your career and how some of the lessons you obtained in the program assisted you as you began your career? Yeah, for sure. I would say uh, a couple things that stand out. Uh, my second year editing course, Helen, she was an awesome editing teacher. It kind of helped narrow down and just really solidify that editing was kind of like my, my forte and what I wanted to focus on, um, as well as the the last semester co-op was super beneficial for me. Um, I'm sure you remember, but our last semester we had to find a, like a co-op placement, and I ended up finding an editing position for this production company downtown Toronto, which I ended up working for for like a year and a half, two years out of school. So I did get a job right out of school from it, which was really good. Got a lot of hands-on experience and a lot of like 
bigger companies for my demo reel that would have never probably come my way if I wasn't doing that um, co-op. So those those two things, the editing class and the co-op, were definitely propelled me to to where I am now. Oh, big time! I mean, it's it's hard to to not think back to to our days back in in college and and think about you know the individual pieces that that got us to where we are today, right? Like it's it's cool. Yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah. like you don't really notice it as it's happening, but one thing leads to another, and then next thing you know, five years later, you're in a whole different place just because you took these little steps here and there. Yeah, especially with the the opportunity to have such a long, um, a long co-op, right? Like, there's mm -hmm. a lot of colleges that have like the couple week co-op, yep. and I know for Centennial, it's such a large one, and oh, I know yeah. that was huge for me in choosing the program. And when I talk to people about it later on, I'm like, no, no, you want an experience. Yeah, a whole 15 weeks and that's amazing yeah yeah it was awesome i really felt like like i felt like i had already graduated while i was in that that co-op because i felt like i was right in the workforce and obviously it worked out to keep working afterwards but even in that like uh whatever 15 weeks it was like it was it was such such a good experience and just a learning experience i feel like it propelled me from just like a student learning about editing to being like an actual professional editor because i had so much coming across my plate every day that like i kind of had to adapt or else i i wouldn't have thrived in that position yeah. So we're going to talk a little about your YouTube channel. Sure. If you reflect back on when you started your channel to where you are today, how would you describe your journey and how did you find your niche? Um, well, reflecting back, I actually started another YouTube channel when I was about 14 years old. Um, I was really big in skateboarding and that's kind of what got me a camera in my hand in the first place. And then in turn got me into editing and stuff. So originally I started my YouTube channel when I was about 14 and I grew that too however big it was. And then I really started once I was in college thinking like, okay, I, I would love to do YouTube full time. Um, but the skateboarding channel isn't going to do it for me just because I can't put the commitment into that. But I thought, what if I start, you know, a YouTube channel for video editing, you know, teaching people what I know and just the lifestyle around that. So I thought that was a, a pretty good plan at the time. It's, it seemed to work out. Um, still doing it now. I'm getting paid to do it, which is really fun. And, uh, yeah, I guess you, you're looking for a word. Sorry, what was the question? You're looking for a word to describe it or? Yeah, just uh, how would you describe your journey and how how did you find that niche? Yeah, like, I get what, what drew you to wanting to teach people about uh, editing? I just I think it kind of stemmed from, you know, the childhood passion of wanting to be a YouTuber, but then also just like as as someone who's kind of out on their own running their own production or freelancer you kind of have to look at it as like getting as many multiple streams as you can and you know I'm not going to just rely on my video editing so you know I figured I set up my YouTube channel one for promotion two to get that AdSense money there and those brand deals so it's just another piece of the like the the machine that keeps operating I guess for me as a business if that answers your question <laughs> yeah no it sounds great and like what have you enjoyed the most along this entire journey of yours um, I like the freedom that comes with being a remote editor at this point. Like, obviously, I've had plenty of, uh, you know, in-house jobs where I'm on location every day. I just love being able to work uh, from wherever I want. Like, I, I travel a lot. I just I just got back from living seven months in Mexico. So that's that's uh, that's something I really cherish. And I think that's why I, like I said, in the first place, was so keen on being an editor because there is that remote aspect. So I guess that's how I niche down. Um, to make uh, a long answer longer. <laughs> <laughs> I know in like my everyday doing my job yep. as a like a community television producer, 
I'm I'm usually looking up different ways of of editing and always on YouTube to be like, okay, how do I edit this better or mm. this more interesting and stuff like that. Do you find yourself doing that still? Yeah. Um. Well, one thing one thing I will say to backtrack that I got into YouTube because it was so instrumental in helping me edit in my early days. So I wanted to kind of pay that forward. And as much as I'm not necessarily seeking out tutorials on a day-to-day basis anymore just the process of reteaching things is helping me in a whole new way to realize like i'm getting better at editing just by teaching people stuff i already know if that makes sense so it's kind of see cool to see the both sides of it where i was learning from youtube originally and now i'm teaching on youtube but still learning from it in a way so it's pretty cool cool Mm -hmm. you've made several videos on your channel surrounding the topic of artificial intelligence such as ai generated slow-mo text-to-color grading features, and tools that consist in the video editing process. Can you provide listeners with an overview of these tools and some of the ways that AI can be used in the video editing process? Yeah, I think you just kind of touched on a few of the big ones. Like the AI-generated slow-mo is is crazy. It's kind of, I like to say it's it's kind of removing the barrier to entry. Like there's so many cameras that like people just didn't have access to that could shoot crazy high frame rates, but they're $100,000. I'm never going to get one of those in my hands. But with AI, now I can take my iPhone that shoots 60 frames per second and slow it down artificially to whether it's like 1,000 or 2,000 frames per second. So it kind of puts emphasis back onto creative as opposed to like all the hurdles you have to jump through to get to in the first place. Um, That's a really cool one. Another one that is not fully released yet, but I'm really looking forward to is Adobe Firefly. It's AI for video. So if you've seen a lot of like the text generated stuff, like text to imaging, that's really popular online. Uh, Adobe's working on something right now that should be released soon. That's text to video. So you can basically text prompt a whole animated video. So the possibilities are going to be really endless. And I think it's going to put a lot of emphasis back on creative as opposed to just technical skills, which technically anyone could kind of learn, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, what are some of the most significant advancements in AI that are changing the way that some videos edit now? I think a huge one is it's kind of replacing almost the assistant editor, or I've heard it said like the assistant editor's assistant editor. It's just uh, streamlining a lot of the the daunting tasks, you know, the sorting footage, the the making cuts that pretty much anyone could do if you just show them a few buttons on your thing. It's kind of eliminating that that process and just speeding things up to, I don't know, just get get you into the the meat of editing a lot quicker, which is super nice. Yeah, I think I always look at AI and sometimes it scares me. Yeah. Right. Just just the amount that it can now do. Like I think I saw a video where, you know, you can do full, like, um, podcast editing and like yeah. multi-camera autopod. Editing. Yeah. But just yeah, and I'm just like I, I'm losing a job doing this. Yeah. And I know there's some other people that have concerns regarding the AI's role in the industry. Yeah. Um. I totally see both sides of it. Like I'm I'm not gonna pretend I'm an expert on AI. Um. I'm just trying to look at it as like what I can do, what's controllable for me. I'm gonna use it as a tool to become the best editor I can. And, you know, I'm not saying that it, I'm, I may lose my job eventually. Who knows? Like I'm not I'm not saying that there's not both sides of the argument. I'm just saying right now I'm trying to be proactive and learning it and seeing how it can make me the best editor possible. And if the time comes where I have to reassess that, so be it. But for right now, it's making my life a lot easier and I'm actually noticing a lot more productivity and I'm becoming a stronger editor. So I only see benefits right now, but uh, I am definitely treading, treading carefully with the topic moving forward, I guess. Yeah. And I'm sure that's helping you in like 
just coming up with content too, right? Like thinking oh, yeah. about like what your next video is going to be or what your next TikTok is going to be about. Yep. Like having all these different AI tools at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. Like based on on what you reviewed so far and the technology that's out there, what would you say is some of the most exciting possibilities that it might bring to the table? Um, like I said, I think it's just that it's it's gonna eliminate that entry. Uh, barrier to entry and it's going to let a lot of people with creative ideas that didn't have the technical skills be able to bring those creative ideas to, to life so I'm looking at it from the positive side of that it's going to be good for creativity I think yeah yeah hope so anyways so, yeah so for current and aspiring content creators and video editors incorporating AI into their workflow can be a game changer as we've already talked about what advice would you give to people as they start uh, to navigate AI? Um, like I said, just continue to stay on top of it. Continue to do your research. Continue to see what the cutting edge tools are, how they can benefit you. Because regardless of if you want to, let's say you, you're against it, you think it's going to ruin everyone's jobs, you want to take a stand for it. Every other editor is not going to be in that same spot and you're just going to be doing a disservice to yourself. So just stay up to date with it. Keep an eye on it. You don't have to become an expert, but just be aware of the tools in your industry that are changing the landscape because it's happening one way or another. Right. And so are there one or more tools that you would recommend to people to like start off with so they can kind of get used to this? Um, yeah, just general ones. It's not even specific to video editing. I would say chat GPT is a really good one just for kind of wrapping your brain around what AI does. You can kind of have, it's basically like a, I want to call it a virtual assistant, but it's like a search engine that has AI capabilities. It can answer any question you want. It can think for itself. It can go. I, I use it a lot with like uh, brainstorming YouTube videos ideas. So video ideas. So uh, give me 10 YouTube videos about video editing. And, you know, for, it gives me a list of 10. And then it's usually pretty vague. And then I can be like, okay, you know what? Adjust it to be more specific in this regard. And then it'll give me a new list. So that's really good. Um, that's probably a really good entry level one for people wanting to dip their feet in it. You can do anything. You can tell it to tell you a joke. So that's pretty cool. Um, another one you had mentioned it earlier, which is uh, something that I've seen that I think is pretty cool is the Autopod one. Um, again, I can see both sides how it, it may be taking certain jobs, but I think those people that are already editing a podcast will just have more time to do more editing in their respective field. You know what I mean? I think it's just going to free up time more than take jobs away, I guess. So those are two good ones to check out. Uh, Autopod more so for editors and then chat GPT just for people looking to experience AI. One of the beautiful things with AI too is like you get, as, as we talked about, is you're getting to see more creativity out of people who don't get to do that on an everyday basis, mm -hmm. right? And like from the price point, and not to, to use that word of people who you know, uh, organizations and, and people like that who want to have video content for their social media channels, mm -hmm. right? Having this AI platforms and tools make it more accessible for them, right? Mm -hmm. And and can help them in such a huge way. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's uh, if you're if you're a business that doesn't necessarily need to be focusing heavily on social media, although I do think every uh, business could benefit from it. It is definitely a tool that if you don't have the budget to hire a whole a creative person, you can you know dip your feet into the AI system and maybe be able to come up with some cool creative stuff that you would have never been able to had you not had access to the AI. So it can definitely work in that regards too. Cool. Mm -hmm. What led you to TikTok? uh it's where the most eyeballs are i'm just i'm trying to yeah. get my content seen um so i've seen i had seen a lot of like you know my peers having quite a bit of 
success on there. So I figured I'm going to start posting this content regardless. I might as well maximize my reach. And TikTok seemed like a great platform for that. And it's where I've had most of my success. So it's, uh, it's benefited kinda, me for sure. Yeah, kind of getting that like quick and easy access to these tips that people can then save and then use in their every day is yeah is super helpful right oh my god yeah the uh the micro tutorials have been the biggest game changer for me i've uploaded i think every day for the last 16 months at least one one tutorial so i've been hyper consistent with it and i've seen the most growth from it there which is really cool and the reason i started doing that is because i'm like a youtube kid like i grew up i think youtube released when i was in like the seventh grade so a lot of my early years spent learning editing was through these long youtube tutorials where it's like hey welcome back to the channel today we're going to be talking about this and i'm just like skipping forward being like yo let's get to the meat and potatoes so i think that kind of had uh kind of a, an indirect uh result on me wanting to do the micro tutorials and just stripping everything else away and going straight to the the 10 20 30 second uh point of the tutorial right mm -hmm. what advice would you have for people who are coming up in the the content creating and video editing like what just general advice would you have for these people um it's it's a grind um it's not as much as it seems easy and like uh like you could just do it passively. That's not the case. Like you're not going to be able to just post one video a month and, and blow up. You got to be hyper consistent. You got to be smart. You got to have a strategy. Um, and another one is just don't read comments. Um, people are always going to be trying to, to tear you down. Um, from what I've noticed, like negativity is just bred in comment sections. So it's, it's something I've had to uh, kind of shy away from is reading comments as much. As much as I'd like to be in there helping everyone with valid questions, a lot of it is just people either trying to <laughs> trying to tell me I'm doing something the wrong way or just completely taking things out of context. So it's it's not great for my mental health, and I don't think it is for everyone to be reading that 24-7. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, completely. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. You, get, you get caught up in the comments, and you're just you're gone. Oh yeah. Right? You got a few telling you you're the greatest thing ever. And then you've got like 10, 20 of them telling you you're not anything. So it's, it's just polar extremes. So it's, it's best to kind of avoid it, I guess, for the most part. Yeah. Mm. So kind of to, to wrap things up in, in such a way, like looking back at everything that you've done to this, this point so far, mm -hmm. right in your career and through school and everything, what's been the, what's been the most exciting thing that you've done? That is a good question. Um, the most exciting is just, uh, I would say the most exciting thing I've done is I've worked with quite a few people just through strokes of luck and then just networking and just being in the right place at the right time that I don't think I ever saw myself being in, being in rooms with, or just, you know, some of the biggest athletes in the world or some of the biggest artists in the world, just being in the rooms with them and talking to them just because I had a camera in my hand, you know what I mean? So it's something that's probably the most exciting if i had to pick is just the people i've gotten to work with over the years cool mm -hmm. if you so just to bring us back to ai just for for the last question if you could have access to an extraordinary ai feature yeah. or tool that could assist you in video creation and editing mm. what would it be this could be something uh you predict could actually happen yeah. or something that's just completely unlikely and out of reality um, I was I like this question a lot actually I was thinking about that earlier I think I would try and make an editing assistant that was like directly trained from my editing style and like my taste so that I could kind of have like essentially clone myself you know I've like ideally if I could hire an assistant editor that was me like we would be so in tune that we would just 10x our productivity so I think something along those lines although it'd be kind of creepy I think it would be like the it'd be endless possibilities. <laughs> 
Cool. Well, thank you, Justin, so much for, for coming on the podcast today and talking a little bit about AI and yourself. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. It's great to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, Pat. Thank you so much for sharing your insight, Justin. This was such a great conversation and it's fascinating hearing how AI is capable of just so many things. Fun fact, you're listening to an AI-generated voice right now. Okay, just kidding, but how cool would that be? Who knows, maybe that's the future of podcasts. Justin's answer to our question of an AI tool he'd love to have access to got us thinking. What tool would you, the listener, love to create? Let us know your thoughts in the comments section of our Instagram post about this episode. You can find us at Story Art Center. Stay tuned as we will be sharing more great episodes in this AI series. Until next time, I'm your host, Pat Quigley, and this is Storyteller in Depth.